Barney's doesn't guarantee success. Vogue doesn't guarantee success. What guarantees success is if you actually find an audience that actually loves your product. We've been very slow to change in terms of how technology has impacted our lives. A new social network can pop up overnight and completely change our business model. Hello and welcome to the Glossy Podcast, our weekly show where we discuss fashion, luxury, and technology with the people making change happen. I'm your host and Glossy senior reporter, Hillary Milnes, and this week we're running a special series in honor of New York Fashion Week. With me today is the designer, Rebecca Taylor. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, how's it going, Hillary? Good, good. So you are fresh off your day of presentations for New York Fashion mm-hmm. Week. Do you want to tell us, you didn't do a runway show, so do you want to tell us a little bit about what you did this year? Um, yeah, sure. We we haven't done runway shows for quite a quite a few seasons now. Um, we've been preferring to do a one on one presentation style up at our showrooms. And um, this year, me and me me and my press person, my <laughs> press person and I discussed that we might want to do something that feels um, a little bit more immersive, a little bit more magical, something that can really um, introduce and um, share I can share my vision with uh, the customer or the editor or whoever's coming to see the presentation Mm -hmm. so can you take us back to when you first decided to go off the runway what what was happening in the industry at the time and why were you like just done with it um why was I just done with it it was I mean I had been doing shows for a long time a long long time I was I started doing runway shows when I worked for designer Cynthia Raleigh um back in the 90s at the very beginning of New York Fashion Week when they started doing seventh on six so I'd had a long history with being part of the um part of the fashion calendar being you know and uh Bryant Park, Lincoln Center, then we eventually went off-site in the search to try to make yourself feel a little bit different, a little bit more stand out. Um, and it was great. Runway shows are amazing and amazingly expensive. Mm. And um, there's only so many people that can actually see a show. Um, so we realized that with technology coming up, Um, that there were other ways in which we could uh, tell our story, reach a wider audience, and um, have a little bit more control over our assets. Mm -hmm. And so why not like a a live stream or something like that? Like do the show and then live stream it? Um, That's a very good question. Why don't we do that? (laughs) (laughs) Next time. (laughs) No, like I I was really ready for uh, to do something different. I think that... um, the whole the whole thing of doing a show, I mean, it re- it's very draining. It's a lot of resources you use, right. and, um, and live, the live stream would just add to that the expense. It's not cheap, is it not? Okay, it's, good. It's not. We used to live stream our digital events. Yeah, no longer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, do you ever miss like the the nineties era of New York Fashion Week? Um, people ask me that. I mean, shows were like five percent fun, ninety five percent drama, hard work, sweat, tears, money. Mm-hmm. So the 5% I do miss, and there's that magic moment when the girls come off the runway, they're all in their clothes, and they're looking beautiful, and everybody's congratulating each other, and it's really quite euphoric um, before you get any uh, feedback or criticisms <laughs> in the mail the next day. Um, so there is that moment that is a lot of fun. You will go out for dinner like that. That is... The, the idea that something is finished, that you've created and there's an end point. 
Whereas so so often in fashion, um, it's such a cycle that you very rarely have a finite endpoint that you're done because we're mm-hmm. even though we're done this week, we're working in tandem on two other seasons at once. So you never really get that sort of big ta-da moment. Right. And so now that you're doing the one-on-one appointments, does the process around designing the collection change? Like I'm sure you don't have to take that. There's no one point in the collection where you don't have to be like, okay, now I have to produce an entire show. So does that, how does that Mm. help the design process? It's a lot more concise. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that you can't help, but when you're doing a show, to put things down the runway that ultimately you're not going to need and you're not going to sell. And um, when people's overheads are shrinking, um, people are looking to do more with less. um, I just don't have the amount of people you need to to sort of do um, extra pieces that you, superfluous pieces that you really don't need for the collection. I really need to be like laser focused about what we produce because it's very quick and it's very expensive. Right. And and that's something that's been coming up um, during these podcasts is just this idea that why spend time, energy, resources, and just like creative capacity designing something that's never going to sell. Can you just explain like why was that a ever a thing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, when you look back at the early 90s, the shows were incredibly simple. It really was just clothes we look back at some of the early Marc Jacobs shows, it really was just like beautiful clothes that were on a rack. And at some point, everything got um, needed to be bigger, it needed to be brighter, it needed to be faster, it needed to have more celebrities and more, you know, like a lot more bang. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you get the impression that if you just put like a beautifully cut shirt and a pair of pants down the runway, people are going to be like, you know, what? Right. You know. Yes, news. Yeah, so I think things got splashier and splashier and splashier and the pressure of, of a of a designer and as a young designer is to sort of play into that and then ultimately it ends up sort of kicking you in the ass a little bit because mm-hmm. it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. Do you, do you go to the shows at all anymore? You know, the weirdest thing, I've only ever been to one show that I haven't been working in um, and it was t- Todd Oldham, yeah, mm-hmm. in the 90s. <laughs> I snuck in, I just arrived in New York. It was like Naomi, all the all Linda, all the great. So that was a good one. Mm-hmm. So you're not paying attention to like what other designers are doing because right now we're at such a point where it's really up to everyone and what's best for their business. But I wonder if if there's I don't know like a designer mi- hive mind where everyone's like what are, what are they doing? Are they going to June and December? Are they doing presentation? Or are they doing a runway? Um, I think a year ago people were like, what are they doing? Now we're just like, oh. You know, yeah. let's just try to keep up yeah. what everybody's doing. And and I'm sure a lot of people have said this to you, like, we just we just stay focused on our business, what works for us. We like to try different things sometimes if it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it doesn't make sense in the long run, we're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not quite sure about this whole June thing. I'm not quite <laughs> sure where that's all heading. but it's, it's hard to keep track of. Yeah, it is. And I know the editors and everyone has a hard time keeping track of it. Right. Like, are we looking at buy now, where now? Are uh-huh. we looking at pre-fall, Europe showing this? What it just, they just sit down, they're like, tell me what you're showing me. Mm-hmm. And that's all good. Mm-hmm. So, and that, and that adds to why it's best to get the one-on-one time. You can just really communicate. Yeah, exactly. Like what backstage at a runway show, I'm sure you've been backstage at a show and it's just nuts. And um, <clears throat> you do so many interviews and you're talking to so many people and, 
and you really don't get to have that sort of very uh, personal interaction where you can just talk like we're talking now you right. know about what's happening in the industry it's a for me it's like twice a year I get to have a really good chat with people in the industry whether it be buyers or whether it be um, people in the magazine side or the internet side um, and just be like what's going on in the industry you know mm -hmm. what are you guys thinking here's what we're thinking and it's a really good um, time to get feedback mm -hmm. just sort of like take a step back yeah uh, and did you think about doing an in-season model at all um, no, we've never really thought of doing an in-season model, mostly because you need the press earlier to promote that season. Mm -hmm. So I'm not quite sure how that... It's just felt out of sync. Yeah. I mean, I would do a show to customers because they're, they really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um, we do do in-season shows for department stores like Neiman Marcus and Nordstrom, where I go when we put on a show and they're always a lot of fun but we haven't done one that's just purely driven by us mm -hmm, that makes sense and it's, well it sounds like you and, and you know a few other designers we've spoken to are looking for this approach that's just you know take a step back kind of pull out of the the churning cycle mm. and all of the noise um but at the same time we're looking at a technology on the runway and i know you had a you had an event during fashion week mm -hmm. you incorporated the the google tilt brush that's mm -hmm. you know and that's that's one of those things where people are like oh that's that's cool and exciting so how do you approach the technology and, and fashion com combined worlds well it's interesting isn't it because i think we we're all very well that very aware sorry that technology is going to change the way fashion works none of us are entirely sure at this point i mean i remember when uh, the internet <laughs> came along and people were buying makeup. I'll never buy makeup online. What are you crazy? You know, <laughs> I buy all my makeup online. <laughs> you know, so I think things are happening now that we're not entirely sure how relevant they're going to be. Mm -hmm. They might be extremely so, or we might look back and be like, well, that was a gimmick. And I think that it will, you know, um, it'll sort of filter through what, what's really going to work for us. Right. Is there anything right now that you feel you already have the vantage point to look back and be like, oh, that was a gimmick? Um, no, no, no. <laughs> no, I don't because we're, I think fashion are actually very, uh, the fashion industry as a whole is actually quite cautious when it comes to technology. Of course. We really lag behind. So <laughs> you don't say. When, I, <laughs> when I saw, when I was at a VR world with my kids and that's when I got introduced to the, um, the tilt brush mm -hmm. um, Can you experience. explain what that is and, and how it fit in with your brand? It's really blew my mind. I cannot tell you, like people talk about where you get your um, inspiration from and yeah, music and food and, you know, whatever makes you excited is where you get the inspiration from. Mm -hmm. When I came out of this VR experience, I was just like, wow. I'm like that. I mean, this is, this is the future. How it manifests itself is another thing. So it's, you put on a, um, a helmet and then <laughs> it's very sexy look. <laughs> you put on this helmet and then you have two paddles in your hand. But when you look down at your hands, they're not your hands anymore. They're two tools. Um, and it's a 3D, totally immersive experience. And um, you can draw. You have like a digital uh, paint palette in one hand. You can draw. You can paint anything. I had a, a dress form, a mannequin, that you can literally draw your designs on and scrap it if need be or keep it and that you know when we're talking about time time management things moving quicker I mean for me to drape something on a dress form can be you know 
three or four hours, whereas this is like, this is quick, quick 3D rendering. Oh, that's going to look amazing. I imagine at some point we'll be able to put that straight through and print the pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, it's sort of, it's a time saver to be like, wow, that really worked. Or no, that's just awful. Move right. on. And that's, and we're hearing a lot of different things about ways to use technology, it's not consumer facing, but in the mm-hmm. design process. Mm-hmm. Um to make to just make it more efficient right are you so that's something you're looking into uh definitely there's all sorts of um like 3d printing models and there are all sorts of things i mean at the moment we're very slow just because of how i mean we design nine months out for the fact that um we have to send stuff to a different country and then they have to send the stuff back and then we have to print the fabric Mm -hmm. and you know there has to be a way that we can shorten our Uh, the cycle of production so that we can stay um, competitive with companies who have the edge on that right fast fashion you mean of course that would be the (laughs) the f word (laughs) uh yeah it seems like speed is top of mind for everyone Mm -hmm. uh and because you risk irrelevancy if you can't get it out there quick enough exactly and it almost seems like the entire see now buy now conversation led up to that it wasn't like oh we need to put it on sale right now with the shows just more like this wait time in between it's almost like a lag and Mm. do you do you feel you're like how well do you know your customer like because i hear you feel like you hear both sides like some customers want it now Mm -hmm. and some customers understand that for a more you know high intent purchase you want that to like steep and like the the desire to build to build yeah i think um i think more often than not if that desire has been allowed to build for too long they definitely move on so we when we shoot our lookbook or we have our marketing when we shoot our lookbook let's start with that Mm -hmm. we actually don't send it out to our customers right away we don't send it out. We don't push it out through our channels until we're like two or three weeks before we ship it so that they're not bored of it. We have we keep it uh, uh, industry-facing. Like we mm-hmm. share it with our um, like Vogue Runway, Women's Wear Daily. But we hold back for that very reason because I think if they see it too far in advance and they can't get it, they mm-hmm. definitely get over it. Mm-hmm. I know I do right. when I put shoes in a basket. And think about them and think about them and then never check them out. Because I'm like, oh, I almost feel like I had them already. Right. Yeah. Let's move on. Because <laughs> yeah. there's so much right yeah. now uh, in terms of in terms of the competition. Um, what about, so w- w- what other ways are you looking to, like, are you using, looking at customer data? Is it is it playing a, like a noticeably bigger role in your business than it, than it had in the past? Uh, definitely there's algorithms and things that you can see um, what people are buying when they're buying it. You know, there is an, a lot of data that we have now. And um, some of the most important data is that actually that very human and direct connection with the customer, being able to talk to them um, at the con- customer event we had today at our store, um, going being on the internet and then on our website and then being able to uh, give us direct feedback about the clothes, mm-hmm. you know, that that's, you know, number is one thing, but a direct conversation, even if it is through email is another. Right. I'm sure. Especially because, you know, it's, do you even, do you have someone who's in charge of like looking through that, all that customer data? Uh, the number data mm-hmm. or the word data? The number data. <laughs> I, I think there's another term We definitely that, do. <laughs> we definitely do. Uh-huh. And the person who's in charge of that number data would be cringing now that I'm calling it number data. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone probably is <laughs> that we're doing that. But, uh, <laughs> so we're almost, we're almost out of time, but I, and I feel like I've talked about this a, a lot lately, but 
this wait and see period of where fashion is headed. It looks mm-hmm. it seems like you're very secure in what you're doing. How did you how did you get to that point? And do you see this being a, a lasting strategy for your your collections going forward, or are you always thinking about what to do next? Um, I think we're always thinking what to do next. To be honest, um, we should we did one on one appointments just with clothes on hangers for a few seasons, and that felt great. But after the last season, I was like. We need to do something different now. So it's just very instinctive. We're just sort of going going with the flow. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not a sporty person, but I've heard this analogy, like the skater needs to skate to where the puck's going to be. Mm. Um, and I think sometimes fashion has skated to where the puck was. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, wait, it's over there now. So I think it's important to keep um, you know, our eyes open, keep looking forward and just being aware, but not getting too caught up most important thing at the end of the day is great clothes Mm -hmm. delivered on time fit people love it making them happy that's the what it all boils down to so so does it seem like this frenzy over fashion being like in burning down is is over (laughs) overwrought everyone wants fashion everybody wants it they Mm -hmm. still you know our consumer is still really really into it i think it's just a matter of how they're um digesting it how Mm -hmm. we're giving it to them right yeah, and it's a matter of keeping keep being ahead rather than trying to keep up. Yes, interesting. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll know in yeah. about six months. Right. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Rebecca. I really appreciate it. Thank appreciate you for having it. me, Hillary. <laughs> Great, and thank you for tuning into our special New York Fashion Week podcast series. We'll be back next week with a regular episode. A special thanks to Aditi Songol, the producer of this podcast. As always, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and leave us any feedback you have.